City Improvement Bureau in compliance with Memo EX 1063. On today's meeting, we have SAS Books, the existence of a province, apparently, all that and so much more. This meeting is now in session. Hey. What? How are you doing? What? Oh, yeah. No, me. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Sorry, yeah. You, you caught me off guard. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know how these, like, meetings that happen like clockwork every week, I know how that can keep you. Well, yeah, I just, you off guard. I, I just woke up. Oh, yeah. You know, I just... You I look was, very bleary. Yeah, I mean, I was... Yeah. I think I think there's fungus in the, uh, like, the like the paper that I use for my pillow in the morning. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think the paper that you use as your pillow is fungus. Oh, that, that would explain quite a bit. Yeah. Also why it's really tasty. Delicious, and I think Delicious. we're going to have a really interesting meeting if you've been I, eating I, your pillow. <laughs> I think so. Hey, so shall we take attendance? I think we should. Okay, let me just get out the attendance here. Okay, so first off we have, um, oh, this is interesting. We've got uh, Lena Chupit. Lena Chupit. Yeah, she is a, she's a stand-up comedian. Uh, she started a massively successful nonprofit for uh, sad-looking dogs. Oh, my god! It's called Cheer a Puppy Up Today. Cheer a Puppy Up Today? Yeah, or Kaput. <laughs> Fortunately, it didn't go Kaput. So Good. I'm, I'm Are they opening a chapter in town here and they need our support? Yes. With I probably, probably, she's probably going right. to, you know, see what we can do for, yep. for Kaput. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I don't see her, though. Um, oh, well, I guess we're just going to have to hope she shows uh, up. So, wait. Um, Maybe she's um, cheering up a puppy. Hold, possibly, um, but I think I think this is my. I think I made a mistake here. Uh, I think I messed up the letters in the name. Uh, sorry, it should read Paul Duchenne. That's actually me. Okay, good. Okay, mm -hmm. and we also have um, Diane Rangamo. Sorry, say that again. Diane Rangamo. It's Diane Rangamo. Yes, yeah, she's not ring a bell at she, all. She she's a marketing guru. She. Uh, she makes money marketing or marketing success to markets that want to market marketing to their markets in turn. Oh. I think through TED Talks. Right. Yes. Like it's uh, great. We yeah. need that. We so, need that because our marketing marketing so, is lacking. I know. So, you know, she's not going to show because I oh, um, Why? Well, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but I think I mixed up the letters in the attendee's name. And it's and if you could, it should be Aiden Morgan. Uh, that's actually you. Oh, okay. So we're both here. Yep, we are. Do we have quorum? Sadly, no. Oh, one day. Someday we will have quorum, and what a day it will be! What a day! What a glorious day that will be! <laughs> we will pass <laughs> we so many motions. <laughs> like there's there's a backlog. There's almost two years now of motions uh -huh. that yeah. have gone nowhere. Yeah. Until maybe like a third person. Yeah. Okay. You know, they keep saying we don't get enough done, but what they need to do is either get us more people or change our bylaws. Either way, mm -hmm. we could start, but no. The problem with changing our bylaws is that we need quorum to change Dang. our bylaws. Dang. That's a yeah. problem. Yeah, that, was, that was poorly thought out. <laughs> All right. It seems like almost deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fortunately, we are not uh, completely alone down here tonight. We have some people with us. Wow. Good. Yeah, we do. We have Julian Bell from Sask Books. Hi, Julian. Hi. And we also have David Fraser from uh, the Leader Post. Hello. Hey, David. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Excellent. Um, we wanted to talk to you tonight. Okay. Because you're the you're the reporter you're a reporter who covers provincial stuff. Right. Right. We only became aware this year of this entity that exists outside the municipality. 
I thought, we, yeah, because I saw like that gigantic rectangle border, yeah. and I thought it was plans for expanding the city. Yeah, so. it could have been at one time. Oh, right. Okay, good. Yeah, but, but apparently it's a province. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's a super bureaucracy that that subsumes even the municipality. It's I had like no idea that there could be anything bigger than a municipality, and yet you're telling us that there is this province, a provincial government, that we need to swear fealty to, to bow down before. It's like a city, okay, just bigger, like, right. like a city state with more power. Wow. Really? Oh, that's that makes me nervous. That makes me very nervous. And more bureaucracy. Oh yeah. Oh, that makes me feel better because then I know that they're never going to exercise that power. Well. <laughs> Right? That's how it right. works, right? Yeah, exactly how it works. Wait, you hardly you, notice anything they do. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait till you read about a country. A country? Yeah. What is that? It, apparently, it's even larger than a province. <laughs> a country? I yeah. don't believe in it. No, no. no. Apparently so. Um, anyways, David, what the heck is going on with this province thing? We've heard not only that there is a province, but apparently there are these these two organs that are vying for control of this of this province entity uh, one of them is is the Saskatchewan party and one of them is the the NDP and they are always locked yin and yang like in battle for control of the Saskatchewan and they're both now searching for heads they've both lost their heads and they need new heads this is like it's like a horror show at the provincial level yeah so adding to the confusion of a of a bigger city there's these two entities that fight to control the province and as you say both of them are leaderless right now and yeah. uh in the midst of searching for a new leader uh, yeah. which has occupied a lot of my time and been lots of fun sounds a bit like kaiju like fighting it out yeah cool totally okay i'm, I'm on board okay yeah. well maybe you can catch us up to date on what's going on in the leadership thing so the saskatchewan party i understand they're the most important and they've just lost the beloved bradley wall Right, yes. Yeah, that's not short for anything? Nope. No, no it's no, just Bradley Wall. Bradley Wall, yeah. Okay. And so who's who's running? Who's running to replace him? Okay, so who we know so far is running is our social services minister, Tina Beaudry-Miller. She's the Regina University MLA, so she represents the people of Regina University. That's how that works. Okay. Um, she was the first to announce. She, in the race, is joined by Jeremy Harrison. He's from Meadow Lake, which is... Another city, just north of here. Way north cities, of Wait, there's another this. city in this I know. province? Yeah, this is going to get confusing. Oh, Jeez. He You're going to have to draw some map. <laughs> Thankfully, it's an easy one to draw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's our economy minister, or was our economy minister, until he took yeah. a leave to, to run for the leadership. Um, those are sort of the two. We're expecting our parks minister, Kev, uh, Ken Chevaldeoff, to announce. He's a Saskatoon MLA. He's going to announce on Monday. And um, there was a really cool motorcycle video from our uh, justice minister, Gord Wyant, which uh, is kind of a teaser, so we think he's going to announce as well. What, what is this motorcycle? I actually haven't seen this. You haven't seen the video? No, it seen. Put it, he put it on Twitter today. Uh, I don't know his Twitter handle off the top of my head, unfortunately. but And he has two, but on one of them, there's a. it's kind of like the opening of a movie, and it's got like, really close-up shots of a Harley-Davidson. And then the Harley Davidson starts, and this guy drives away, and a title shot comes up, and I think it says, "Ready to roll, Friday, 10:30 a.m." I might not have the time right, but I think okay. it's 10:30 a.m. Wow. Yeah. 
Right. So that's kind of a giveaway. But I think Gord Wyant's going to announce he's, he's running know, for the maybe leadership. Maybe he's going for holidays. Or maybe he's going for holidays. He <laughs> he does like his motorcycle <laughs> tricks. Right. He so. likes to announce them, maybe. This, yeah. is, this is like yeah. Taylor Swift posting that video of like a snake on Twitter and Instagram. She did? Yeah. She, I She's going to run for the leadership. That's exactly what I'm thinking now. I thought it was for a new album, but obviously she's got bigger things to, of course, bigger fish to fry. That'd be great. And what could be bigger than running for Saskat- a province? Yeah. 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 And I bet she could totally kick Ken Shoveldale off the butt <laughs> <laughs> to lead her province. That'd actually be kind of fun. That but anyway. Let's <laughs> um, okay, well, of the three people who've announced so far, what do you think... Um, what do you what do you think they're of these three guys? Like, do you think any of them have a shot? Like, okay, so I understand Jeremy Harrison, for instance, right. had had a, just had a press conference today earlier today, yes. right? Because he's been now. One thing we do know about is the the global transportation hub, and that there that this is like a provincial hot potato, right? That that Jeremy Harrison's actually been holding, and you know trying to sell in the streets. It's for a long time now. It's his political <laughs> albatross, in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he maybe didn't have a ton to do with the global transportation hub when it started becoming a bit of a controversial issue for the province, but he has been the guy who's uh, been trotted out by the, the Premier's office over the last year to defend some decision-making that uh, many would see as questionable around the global transportation hub. And uh, Jeremy's been the guy who's had to come out and defend it. And now... He's saying, I'm really happy about that. I'm, I, I stand by my record. Is, That's it? <laughs> no. <laughs> the opposite. He's saying, let's just sell this. Let's get rid of it. Uh, really? Yeah. It's like he's ashamed it's, of the global transportation. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't know what his personal feelings are other than he doesn't like it enough to keep it in the, in the hands of the public. Right. Um, like that three-legged cat that nobody wants. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just kick it to the curb. <laughs> But I mean, I'm making the global transportation hub sound really sympathetic. Private industry, yeah. we're told, is really interested in the global transportation hub. So presumably, there'll be a long list of people lining up to purchase this from us at a at a reasonable price. Right. Do you think? <laughs> because my understanding also is that the global transportation hub has been struggling to find people, right? Like yes. companies to actually like function out of and, there, and the ones that so, they have found are sort of coming with their own baggage of, of problems. Um, right. And we can thank the CBC's Jeff Leo for telling us a lot about right. about all of that. Right. So yes. a company that had uh, connections to a Chinese uh, uh, a Chinese company that was basically trying to sell uh, citizenships to Saskatchewan it's like a, by well, setting sounds... up like businesses in the global transportation hub that is somehow connected to the, uh, the Dundurn Mega Mall. It's like cash for access. Shout out to Thunder Megamall. It's like a cash for access, but instead of getting access to politicians, you get access to becoming a Canadian citizen. Yeah. 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 That sounds completely on the level to me. (laughs) No no wrongdoing, the auditor found, which is Harrison. We looked into this, or the auditor looked into this following uh, some controversial land deals in which um, Global Transportation Hub. Probably, this is sort of old news story for a lot of people, I'm sure, but Global Transportation Hub uh, purchased land, uh, and as a result of them purchasing that land, two well-connected businessmen, uh, and when I say well-connected, well-connected to the Saskatchewan party, um, made a lot of money, $11 million mm-hmm. off of off of the land deals, flipping the land. Um, 
The auditor looked into it, though, and says there's no wrongdoing. And that's the line that Jeremy Harrison has been repeating for the last year, that there was no wrongdoing. There is an RCMP investigation, so maybe the RCMP will um, come to a different conclusion than the auditor. We'll see. Time will tell. But today, Jeremy kind of changed his mind and said um, we should sell it. This global transportation hub, and if he were in charge, none of this would have happened. None of right. this potential conflict of interest, uh, none of this cash for access to immigration would have happened um, because we wouldn't have owned it. Right. And he also he wants to strengthen some legislation in the province around conflict of interest, um, lobbyist registry, et cetera, et cetera. Which, to his credit. We, we could use an update. We're, yeah. we're pretty far behind in, yeah. in the province here. So it certainly does sound like he's trying to get his hands on our that time machine that we have down here. Do you have, have the time machine? We have a time machine. It would really oh, yeah. help his chances. Yeah. I don't know how far he'd have to go back. Pretty far back. <laughs> I don't know if we have that much juice in the time right. machine. Okay, so it seems like Jeremy Harrison is like carrying some of the baggage from the global transportation. He was also defending Skip the Dishes, too, wasn't he? When yeah, as economy minister, he yeah. was defending the decision to fund Skip the Dishes, give Skip the Dishes money. Yeah. Um, this from a government who ran a campaign on not, not choosing winners and losers and now have a few examples of doing just that. And Yeah, uh, yeah so Jeremy when he comes out to speak with reporters or sort of how the general public has interacted with him thus far has mostly been him getting piled on by reporters in the halls of the legislative building and sort of sweating and bouncing on his feet uh, trying to find an answer that uh, not many reporters are too satisfied with right. so are you, you you're part of the pouncing and the piling on Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's <laughs> half the fun of the job is you get to ask all the fun questions. Um, so, but I mean, that's the the party and the general public are two different entities. I mean, they're the same entities, but they're a lot. They're sort of, you know, party members can come to their own conclusions, and um, he's got real strong conservative credentials that could help him uh, right. in the race. And at this point, with not a race with a lot of depth in it at this point. There's a path to victory for somebody, uh, even Jeremy Harrison, who I think a lot of people will look at him and think, wow, this guy delivers a lot of bad news. Uh, I don't want to vote for him. Right. Uh, but here we are. He, he, right. he could win. Right. So he's like the Oops. storm crow of the Sask Party. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so what, what's, uh, what's the deal with Shevel Day off right now? Yeah. Do we know anything? Well, he's going to announce on Monday, ah. um, unless he changes his mind. I don't believe anybody when they tell me they're going to run or not run for leadership because they're politicians and right. you can't just trust them at face value all the time that's it's not how it works but what? yeah i know it's <laughs> shocking but uh chevy as he's affectionately called yeah, not day off no. i would go with day off <laughs> that is a cool nickname actually yeah. day off yeah <laughs> you just imagine him lighting up the spliff <laughs> Time for my day off. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is a day off with your shovel day off. <laughs> he, he was a he was a big party favorite years and years ago. Um, I think a lot of people had pegged him at one point to be the next premier of the province. Um, I asked a friend in the SAS party today, "What are the chances of Shovel Day off winning?" And my friend said, "Not a bleeping chance." Really? Why? Hmm. I think. 
he's well for a while there he was out of cabinet so he was sort of stepped into the background so nobody really i mean again going back to the general public he didn't have a he's not a high profile fella um and even in the ministry that he's in now not that i don't think parks culture and sport are really important but it's not health it's not social services it's not justice it's kind of one of the um you know smaller portfolios for a minister um so he hasn't had a big portfolio he hasn't had a a lot of play in front of the press and he's made a lot of friends though that's one thing that could really help him over the years he's kept a, a long list of party supporters he's a real um friendly person uh in, in a lot of ways and in, and when I say that, he's a real friendly person and, like, he'll add you to his email list and yeah. send you an email once a week at least uh, and invite you to barbecues and stuff like that. So who doesn't want a friend like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, friend with a barbecue is, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So just yeah, off I of vote for that. pure friendship, pure yeah. friendship, he could win. Okay. That's it. That's, that's, the, that's the rundown on Chevy. Actually, I think Paul's question was, why did your friend say bleeping champs? <laughs> Wait, what did he mean by that? <laughs> we had a whole discussion about swearing before we came in here. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oops. Um, okay, what about... Okay, so I, I also want to ask about Tina Baudry-Malore, because she's very new. Right? Super new, yeah. She was just elected in the last election. Yeah. Um, she looks like she's still... Her spirit hasn't been crushed yet. And, hey, uh, maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah. but... Despite the best efforts of a lot of people in government to crush her, yeah. um, given, and, I, and I say that only because she she has had to uh, again she's had to wear a lot of bad news. She came in uh, as a rookie MLA. She was immediately uh, anointed to this position of Minister of Social Services, which is one of the biggest uh, portfolios in terms of spending and, and importance uh, for the province. So she gets this file. She gets the file, and then the province starts doing this whole income redesign of how people on social benefits in the province are, are going to be getting their money. Um, so that raised concerns with a lot of people to start with. Um, she started to roll back certain benefits for people uh, on the SED program, the Saskatchewan Assured Income Disability Benefit, um, which a lot of people are on and more and more people are on it sort of by the month type of thing. Uh, had to step back from that. The budget came out. Social services did get a bump in funding, uh, but that didn't mean that they had to search for cost-saving measures. And where they looked was um, not paying for poor people's funerals. Um, yeah, that, that's that's real swell of them. <laughs> Jeez, she's not a heartless person, though. She told us that several no? times, several times. Because that sounds like a heartless thing to do. And here's the thing: when she announced her leadership. That was sort of her big thing, was she was talking about how she brings a social conscience. She's kind of positioning herself as a red Tory, if you will. To, right. So to her slogan will be, I'm not a heartless person. I'm not, I'm not a heartless <laughs> person. That's right. yeah. I am heartful. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see. I don't know how... It's going to be really interesting to see, just sort of as this race shakes out, how, we all know this. the Saskatchewan Party was formed as a coalition between conservatives and liberals. We've seen a lot of the founding members who were liberals and conservatives leave, but liberals yeah. too. Um, and so there's sort of been this lingering thought question in the province for a few years now as to, is this party still a liberal party or are they just a conservative party with a different name? Right. And I think the leadership race will sort of 
let us know if that right. what what the case is there on that front. Um, okay. Uh, are there? Is it just the three people, or are we going to be looking at? Um, we'll get some more. We're going to yeah. get Gord Wyant. He's going to be in the race. He'll announce. Okay. He'll announce tomorrow. Um, yeah. Gord is. Uh, a, he's I think fairly well respected amongst his colleagues. Uh, he's the justice minister, minister now. I think there's a sentiment with a lot of people in the party or party supporters that there's certain pieces of legislation or certain uh, token things this government has done that. If it had not been for Gord Wyant steering that ship, it wouldn't have gotten done. Um, thinking of little things like, uh, little things in the sense that it's not big legislation, not in significance, uh, raising the transgender flag at the at the legislative right. building. Mm-hmm. That's something that Gord sort of, he's, he helps steer and make happen. Um, and he's got chops. He's been around politics for a while. Uh, he's yeah. a well-liked guy. He comes, he's got money uh, to spend. He's got money in the family and, and connected to money. So raising reaching the $250,000 limit in the leadership race won't be a problem for him I don't think so. right and what about other guys I've got um, a guy named Bradley Trost that sounds like a nice name he or, must be a swell fellow so quick story about Trost when I was calling around when when the premier resigned uh, as part of my job I'm immediately calling around to as many party people as I can asking them who's going to run who are you hearing is going to run and so I put together this speculation list and a lot of the names are the ones that we've already talked about today but as I continued to have those conversations, I kept hearing from people, boy, I hope Brad Trost doesn't run. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'm just going to call and ask him. And so called him up, and turns out he's got a SAS party membership. He's, he's thinking about it. Oh, wow. I think he might just be blowing smoke, right. but I don't, I'm not saying that from any position of knowledge other than that's just I just think he might be doing that. Um, but the fact that he holds a party membership... And he's considering running. Yeah, might might indicate something or another to mm-hmm. to people when they look at the Saskatchewan party. Yeah. And and going back to the whole, is it a conservative party? Is it a liberal party? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about is it a one of the things that happened with this budget that came out this year is that we saw some well we saw a lot of social services stuff rolled back that hits municipalities really hard. Also, um, the grants in lieu were killed right. and the PST was raised and a lot of th- a lot of measures in there uh, impacted municipalities directly how do you see this shaking out in the leadership to uh, race do you think that these people are going to like court the cities by promising this money back or are they going to you know leave us hanging and just court the rural vote what are, what's a municipality again um that's a very existential question. Um, until today, I thought it was like the sum whole of, yeah, the, of governance, yeah. and yet. I, and I'm like the, the name Global Transportation Hub actually is producing deep unease in me. This notion of some globe of some kind. Don't does that does that mean there's more than just the province or the country? Don't worry. There's only the boiler room and the tunnels that lead off from it. Okay. To, to your question, I don't know how much leadership contenders will try and court cities in in the race yeah. in the next election sure we might see that or in the run-up to the next election we might see that but um i think we're going to be looking at other issues in the yeah. leadership debate what do you think is the big one going to be um future of crown sort of has to pop up mm-hmm. because people are curious yeah. about it i don't think it's i don't think there is a, a big appetite in the party to sell our crowns uh despite the paranoia that they might give in you know, mm-hmm. uh, certain pieces of law that have passed in 
right. let them sell up to 49% of, of the crowns. Uh, that, that's going to be something. The carbon tax is going to be uh, an issue. I don't know how uh, controversial of an issue it's going to be because I think the majority of candidates will probably be in line with the current position of the province, which is, no, we don't want a carbon tax. Uh, but it's going to be something that gets talked about. Uh, taxes in general uh, will come up. I don't know if they'll get to the specific of uh, the grants in lieu of taxes, um, but just in terms of uh, raising the PST, was that the right play? Was it not? Uh, eliminating some of the exemptions, tax exemptions that they did with this budget, was that the right play or was it not? I think there was a lot of debate and caucus and cabinet during the making of this budget uh, and some of that will sort of see bear itself out uh, when we get to uh, the sort of once the leadership race sort of kicks into gear a little mm -hmm. bit my, my question is with with people like Boyd leaving the party and a lot of a lot of sort of the old guard sort of moving out do you think that the Sask party will have sort of a a different approach to things in the future? Do you, do you think we're going to see some kind of change because of that? So here's the thing. that The Premier, when he left, everybody heard him say he wants a fresh voice for the province. The party's in need of renewal. And then you see somebody like Boyd step down. We've seen uh, other members of the government who were here from uh, the early days with the SAS party who are not in uh, MLAs anymore. There's sort of a disconnect, though, I think, that a lot of people are seeing now in that you have your old guard leaving Brad Wall sort of leaving, being the captain of that ship that's taking off. Is there another captain that's really ready to step up? And I'm not sure if that's the case. There's definitely the people that we've talked about here with Harrison and Wyant and Doherty's another, uh, the finance minister, he's somebody else who, who may put his hat in the ring yet, uh, shovel day off. There's all these people, but they're not necessarily fresh voices. They're people mm -hmm. who have been around this government for a long time, uh, and a lot of people don't really look at them and think, oh, there's our next premier. Uh, somebody who I think a lot of people that I heard would love to see take a run at being premier was Dustin Duncan, mm -hmm. uh, formerly the health minister, uh, now the uh, uh, energy minister. And he's just not interested. But he's somebody who's he's young, he, he's intelligent. His uh, name illiterate? His name yeah, illiterate. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a charismatic fellow. Um, he would have a lot of those things that when you look to sort of have, have a premier, he would sort of be the, the guy. Uh, but he's not interested, so there you go. So we're sort of the the depth that we have is the depth that we have, and that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be the race. <laughs> well, let's hope for the NDP then, if they uh, yeah. if if because if, because I, mean, I think the Sask Party to a certain extent has been Bradwall. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I think without without Bradwall or like a similarly charismatic leader, maybe maybe there's room for the NDP to come back and get a little bit of those. The sweet, uh, sweet seats back. Sask Party is going to be hoping for Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. They're going <laughs> to need Taylor Swift to come on in. Okay. I hate to do this, but we have to uh, we have to make a decision here. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Whether 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 David is actually yeah. an improvement yeah, yeah, yeah. or not. Because, I mean, you know, does, does he impact the city? And I think he... Well... Certainly impacted us. I am pleased. I've, I've, uh, I've put everything in my rubric... And uh, I'm happy to say that uh, you've scored 8.2 out of 50, which is actually really good. Yes. It's a very complicated rubric. Like, 8.5 is terrible. Okay. 9.73, 9 also really good. 
almost as good as 8.3. So, you, so I think yes, you qualify. Right, and that's uh, fantastic. And we'll and you actually get. Oh wow. A certificate of improvement suitable nice. for framing. Uh, thanks for spelling my name right. Uh, yeah, it's the least. <laughs> That's we what we do. do. Yeah, we, it's the attention to detail. Yeah, uh, which is hard when the lighting is so dim down here. But yeah. we got it. Nailed it. <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks no for coming problem. in. Yeah, helping us out. Thanks and I hope we can come in again uh, closer to like you know the leadership yeah. races and then November we have a Sask Party convention that'll be fun and then uh, awesome. end of January the race. Okay, Actually. well if you can come in and help us navigate that, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah we'll do. Awesome. Sure. And, uh, if you want to stick around for a minute or two more, we're going to do our innovative revenue tools and then uh, yeah, and then we'll see what we can do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is the part of the uh, meeting where we talk about ways that the city can you know improve its bottom line by either saving money or raising funds with an innovative revenue tool. That's a tool. Whoa. theme music? We do now. Man. Fancier every single uh -huh. meeting. Yeah. Production value is ramping up. Um, well, I think uh, uh, my note here for this week's innovative revenue tool um, just says uh, seal in the juices. Oh, yeah? That's it. Could that be related to the new asphalt sealant system that the city is... Uh, implementing to preserve asphalt. I knew th I knew that actually had to do with it. Uh -huh. uh, I just hadn't taken that note, so I didn't remember <laughs> what it was the tool was about. But now I remember. Yeah. Well, we've we've. The thing is that like once we seal the asphalt, right? Like there's all this like sealant left over. Yeah. And I remember one one evening we were sitting around saying this the city is just like leaking revenue. And juices. The, and, and ju well, the juices are the revenue. So right. if we took that extra sealant and sealed up uh, some buildings, some trees, some uh, some people. Yep. Some people are just leaky and, like, you know, all the revenue just leaks out. Of and them. trying to leave. Yeah. Seal them in. Exactly. So we keep everything as is. We save on maintenance. Right. I mean, we, don't, we wouldn't need our municipal workers for, like, you know, you know, the uh, parks and whatnot because it would all be sealed in place. All right. So I think sealing in the juices for maximum freshness and revenue-like retention is the way to go. All right. I think this is a great idea. But if this idea doesn't catch on, fortunately, we have a few more Ooh. that we can uh, we can resort to up here. Okay. Hi. I'm local blogger Kenton DeYoung. Did you know Taylor Field was named after Neil J. Piffles Taylor, a World War I fighter pilot that lost his eye during the war, and who was imprisoned in a German prisoner of war camp. Although he only had one eye, Piffles played football until the 1920s. In one notable game, he was tackled and his glass eye popped out. The game was stopped, and both teams helped to search for his eye. It's a Regina fact. You'll find more Regina facts on my blog, KentonDeYoung.com, and every week on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio. All right. That's it for Innovative Revenue Tools and another Great like tool. Regina fact with the mighty Kenton Ken De Young. And I have a Kenton De Young fact. Ooh, excellent. Yeah, he actually is, uh, a lot of people think that Kenton De Young is a Regina resident and a person. Mm -hmm. He's actually a cirrus cloud. Really? Yeah, operating at high altitudes. Really? Gives him like great vantage points. Yeah. Great perspective on what's going on in the city. Nice. That's how he knows all those facts. Is is Ken DeYoung like the scientific name for a specific type of cirrus cloud, or is it just a cirrus cloud that you saw in the sky that you named Ken DeYoung? Well, I'd like to say the former, but it's more a lot more like the latter. Okay. Yeah, in fact, if I had to choose between those two, I would say it was the second of the two. Okay. 
pretty much. Now we know. That's a Kenton DeYoung fact. Thanks for that. You're welcome. All right. So moving along with our agenda, we, uh, Jillian, thanks for coming in. It's my pleasure. It's it's dim down here, but I brought a flashlight. Good. Oh, nice. It's actually a glowing mushroom. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, that's what we use to do our paperwork. I, yep. I figured. Just don't yeah. take my glowy mushroom. I brought my own so that I wouldn't. We wouldn't get them mixed up. Good, good. They Thanks. imprint on you, you know. So. Yeah, that's true. That's why you shouldn't eat them. It's very like they're, you know. It's like their family. It's very, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just really sad. Yeah. I mean, you're temporarily full and hallucinating, but at the same time, you've lost a family member. Which makes for a really bad trip. It does. I think that's actually the original definition of Schadenfreude. Really? Having eaten a mushroom that is also a family member. Really? We've just, you know, changed the meaning over the years. That's right. right. Yeah, With I the mean, internet. Yeah, old German. Yeah. Indeed. Old High yeah. Germanic was a crazy language. It Very is. crazy. Yeah. Like in modern German, like shame, shameful joy, but in old German... Right. Having eaten a mushroom that's also yeah, a family member. Exactly. Yeah, old yeah. German was like very much about the corner cases, yes. linguistically speaking. Oh, yeah. 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 Unlike the current German. Um, <laughs> Jillian, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> that's an existential question. How, how did you get in here? <laughs> yeah. I followed the mushrooms. Oh. Um, I, I do many things, but uh, today... I was informed by your secretary that we would be talking about the work that I do for money, which is working with our Provincial Creative Industry Association for Book Publishers, Sask Books. Sask Books. Sask Books. Not only do we have a whole province, but our province contains people outside of Regina. <laughs> I know. I'm not liking who the make way this is going. Books. Really? They do. And, okay, so. There, so there are people making Sask books, right? But you work for Sask books. Yes, so you are employed by the books. Yes, in okay. a nutshell, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and if we extend that a bit, we work mm. for the the publishers who who make the books as well. Okay. But the books are our primary employers. Okay. Nice. I hope they're good employers. They're excellent. They're excellent. They're intriguing. They're rectangular. Uh, they fit nicely in boxes, quite right. heavy, but, you know, that's nice if you ever need to use a book as a weapon. Oh. Oh, oh that's yeah. great. Self-defense. Right. Okay, so Sask books themselves, I'm like kind of wondering what they would contain. Um, like, they, contain I would, they contain Sask. Like, right. And sometimes, so what is Sask? not all the time. All this the gets time? more confusing. What is Sask? Because oh, yeah. I, I think of Sask as being like wheat and fields and prairie girls in flowered bonnets. And global transportation hubs, apparently. <laughs> All <laughs> but do of you those have, happen. But do you have, like, I'm just wondering, like, what kinds of books would you have? Do you have, like, say, I don't know, Christian romance books? Yes, we do. No, you don't. We do. I, you're lying. In fact, the Christian romance books that we have are some of the bestsellers in all of Canada. Really? No. Which is the country that you were talking about earlier. Oh, maybe. yes. Yes, mm. indeed. Um, really? So they are what published are they? by Henry Ripplinger, um, mm -hmm. actually authored by Henry Ripplinger and published by his company called Piosilos Books. And it's a series of now six books in the series. It's called the Angelic Letters series. And Henry sells these books out of his shop here in Regina, but he also travels the country and goes to Costco and has a veritable cadre of frothing followers who cannot wow. get enough of his Christian romance books. Now, are these romances between, like, men and women or between individuals and their lord and savior? Yes. 
Okay, Both? It's, it's, it's primarily me. between men and women. Uh, okay. But, but, but you said it was angelic there is, there is divine intervention. But, but God right. gets in there. Absolutely. So. Do they receive letters from angels? They do. Do the, letter, do, the, do the letters just show up? Or do angels bring them to your door in like a little like heavenly um, uh, Canada Post hat? Well, it's kind of both. Okay. It's kind of but There is definitely divine intervention. And sometimes the angels are absolutely visible. I can't vouch for the Canada Post hats because I haven't read the sixth book. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so maybe in the sixth book. It, anything could happen. Okay. We should We should maybe send a suggestion to Henry Ripplinger. Right. Uh, to see if he can work that in. Right. Well, maybe if he's listening to us on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, us, the uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau. Maybe that would happen. Maybe, maybe he would send us a note. Right. Yeah. Okay, do you have... Do you have true crime books? Yes. No. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. True crime books. Absolutely. There's a whole series put out by the University of Regina Press, Paper Cows, uh, Sour Milk. The newest one is Edmonton, of course, about Edmonton, Ooh. which is uh. a city in a different province. There's, There's more than one province. I know this it's. Is, this, this is a lot. Fake this is a lot. News. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, those are some of the bestsellers, perennial bestsellers. Everybody loves a good true crime. Right. That's true. Okay. We, we, do like, we like to read about evil and depravity. That's us. That's how we know it's us, not us, us that we're reading about. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, what about, okay, this is crazy. Houses that you buy from catalogs, catalog houses. You got books about that? We have two. Two? Indeed. One I is can't called, imagine there'd be enough content for one. One is one called two. Catalog Houses. Really? As one might expect. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's another one. It's actually not specifically about catalog houses, but it is a beautiful book about uh, stone houses, legacy of stone oh. that are that you know all these great glorious farmhouses that were built oh. out of the stone that you pull out of the soil. Right. Cool. Okay. What about uh, books about grant writing? In fact, we do have a book about grant writing. One of our newest oh publishers, God. Last Mountain Publishers, uh, has produced a book about how to write a grant application. And he also offers classes and seminars um, specifically to that purpose. Okay. Let's say teen fiction about girls who play the drums. Yes. What? <laughs> Auto Books has a number of young adult and teen fiction books, and so does Thistledown Press. Right. So, and they will stem from girls who play hockey. To girls don't play I know hockey. it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's, I didn't believe it either until I read it in a book. Um, and some really great time travel books, which you guys actually, you guys we might have even time. written them. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, we haven't traveled back in time to write them yet, but we could. Well, you don't know that because no. of the paradox. You yeah. might have done. Oh no, I, I I flipped the little switch like no paradox in our oh, time machine. So you got the paradox. You disabled switch. it. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I just I thought I'm tired of paradoxes. I'm tired of getting up in the morning to like go eat like a glowing mushroom and running into myself from another timeline and having awkward conversations. Uh, so yeah, I just like it's just like a toggle switch. Par paradox, no paradox. What if you like back into it, like butt paradox, as it were? <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, paradoxes are enabled. That, that's possible. Yeah. But uh, maybe I'll do that in the future or another timeline. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to know whether you've already done that, and this is what's resulted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why we're stuck here. Actually, it's really like all the verb tenses that kind of get you down. So yeah. I was tired of that. 
So time travel gets rid of the verb tenses then? I think it complicates them. Once you get into the future, past, progressive, perfect, subjunctive, subjunctive yeah. gerundization. Yeah. <laughs> when you wouldn't have been willing. Okay, anyways. <laughs> okay, it seems like there are a whole lot of books in Saskatchewan that have nothing to do with wheat and prairies and cows and, Some and girls girls in flowered bonnets. Some do, but yeah. um, no, our, our publishers produce over 100 books a year. We have oh, over nice. 50 book publishers in the province. And so, and some of our publishers produce local content and local writers, and a number of our publishers produce books from writers all over the world. So there's a huge diversity in our publishing industry, which is pretty cool for a smallish province in terms of population. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and what do you guys do for them? Well, we, Saskbooks, uh, we provide marketing and promotion. We do a sales and display program. We, we travel with our books all over the country. We provide professional development, so we help our awesome publishers be even more awesomer. And we also provide support. We provide networking. And, um, we, well, we... Almost anything that our publishers need help with, we can probably help with it. Everything from developing the metadata that helps to sell books, which is totally nerdy and really fun, to... Is that what you do? It's part of what I do, yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I, I do a lot of the nerdy stuff at work. Um, all the way to uh, bringing in people from across the country and from other countries to talk about what works in publishing, how to sell books, how to... We had an entire three-hour session about fonts and typefaces. That and sounds it, like fun. It was really fun. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> really was, No, I'm not either. It was really <laughs> fun. So every, you know, what works in cover design? Why might a cover design not work? You know, any, and it's, we really try to do a lot with marketing and promotion because with the disappearance of independent retailers, it's difficult for publishers to have their books discovered by the public. And then when things happen, like libraries coming under attack, libraries are one of the places where people find their books now, too. So that's part of the reason why associations like ours across Canada do try to work on marketing and publicity for publishers. Now, now when I think of publishers, generally, the first things that come to mind are gigantic companies, like in the vein of, like, you know, Penguin or, you know, et cetera, Macmillan Stewart or whatever else. But it sounds to me like a lot of the publishers you're describing are smaller operations. So what sort of, when we're talking about publishers in Saskatchewan, what sort of range of sort of businesses are we, are we thinking of? There's everything from self-publishers to micro-presses, uh, art book publishers who will do limited edition, handmade books. Jack Pine Press in Saskatoon mm-hmm. does brilliant, brilliant, beautiful books. All the way up to university presses, and and those would be some of the bigger presses that we have in the province. But across Canada, the Association of Canadian Publishers works primarily with the smaller, mid-sized, independent presses. And uh, while we do have four or five big publishers, international conglomerates, there is a really robust publishing industry on that that level down. That pretty much all of the publishers we're talking about at this point are independent businesses. These are entrepreneurs. These are um, people who start up their own businesses because they love publishing. Hmm. So, yeah. And how's it? How's the scene 
for publishing in Saskatchewan doing these days? It's solid. It's yeah. it's really quite solid. Uh, my association, the one that I personally work for, Sask Books, has been around for 25 years. And in that time, we've seen our publishing base grow from six book publishers to over 50. Oh, wow. And in fact, we had at, at the height, or height, as my grandmother would say, of my tenure with Sask Books, we had about 75 book publishers. So we wow. see it grow and we see it shrink. And with um, technology making self-publishing a little bit easier we see we do see more one-offs we see more self-publishers and um self-publishing has become a lot more acceptable in the past 10 years it used to just be sneered at and we looked at with derision as a vanity press but it isn't it's it's a legitimate publishing model um and so in saskatchewan we see that we actually really have a stable group of publishers not just literary presses but also um, hybrid publishers who work. It's it's sort of a mix between self-publishing and then a, a regular submission model publisher. So we have that model in Saskatchewan, which is also quite stable. Cool. Um, I'm just wondering about like the whole challenge of publishing in a province like just, this. Just the, the one. Just the one challenge. <laughs> well, okay. Let's say let's say we were going to make a book. Yeah. Okay. We were going to make a book. We'll call it like the Bureau Boys. Indeed. Like the the torrid tale of, of two civil servants and their adventures through time and space and, and bad bureaucracy and tunnels. Exactly. Okay, okay, I'll write that book. Okay. <laughs> I'll what, do we, what do we what what do we face? Because like like you were saying, there's not a lot of uh, book outlets, especially in the Queen City, places to like sell your books. How do we take the Bureau Boys? And get it out there so that it's not like you know on the internet completely swamped by all the other books that are published in the world. Uh, what, what do you guys What do you guys recommend for the Bureau Boys? Well, first, the Bureau Boys should come to one of my seminars where I talk about how to how to publish and and how to submit your stuff to publishers. But if you're locked in the tunnels as you often are mm -hmm. and you can't make it to one of those seminars, the first thing you have to do is write it. And that's that's a big hurdle. If we have a time machine, it's not right. a problem. Yeah, okay, I've so already written it. Because you've got a time <laughs> machine, and you've got the paradox toggle, so that's so, brilliant. Right. Um, once you start getting into things like the production of a book, you're having to look at editorial work, design work, both interior design and cover design. You have to look at... An, Actually, physically making the book, whether it's an ebook or a print book, is probably the easiest part because after that, you will end up with a um, cavern or garage full of pallets of books. Right. And you will have nowhere to send them. And you'll find that retailers often don't want to work with you because you don't have the right metadata, you don't have the name, you don't. So, those we are some of the things we can share with them. Right? And sometimes that works. <laughs> Book industry is great. <laughs> so you have to that that's that is the area where a lot of beginning publishers will have problems is the distribution and the marketing of their books. And that's something that we help with. It's kind of tough to give you all of the ins and outs in, you know, five, ten, fifteen minutes. But in general, um, do a lot of research before you start right like write down from how to price your book because a retail a typical retail agreement will be asking for 40 to 65 percent of the retail cost of that book is what they will take and, and pub, the book industry still works on in some cases a commission basis which is very 
weird in terms of retail. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a book that costs you $10 to make and you're like, well, I'm just going to make my money back and I'll charge $10 for it, you're only going to be getting $4 a book. Hmm. So you will actually be losing a lot of money. Right. Yeah. A lot of mushrooms, as it were. A lot of mushrooms. You can pay your publicist in mushrooms. Most publicists will work on a mushroom basis. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I'll write that note down. Indeed. I mean, getting, getting like, a mycological, like, you know, publicist, you're you're in the money. If we could just get a fungus to market our books for us. Yeah, like a sentient fungus. Yeah. That could, like, shamble out to various, like, retailers and whatnot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, that's what Penguin uses. Really? And I'm really? pretty sure. Yeah. I thought it was a penguin. Okay. Oh, no. No, not since 1985. Oh, really? Mm, the great penguin migration. Uh, yeah. yeah, that would do it. Yeah. And old Pengy, well, he died. So <laughs> They don't live long enough, yeah. penguins. No. They should have gone with an African gray parrot. Yeah. Or an elephant. Yeah, or an, an elephant. elephant. Yeah. Or even a human being. <sighs> I mean, they cost a lot of money. <laughs> human beings? They do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They're super expensive. Not so just like, to yeah. raise up, but once you get, like, if... Once those things start going through university, right. and they have oh. degrees and stuff, you gotta you gotta pay them a lot of money. Yeah, That's terrible. yeah, and they they like to eat. They, yeah. you have Continually. to feed them. Yeah, it's it's not just a one time thing. Yeah. yeah, and then they want Netflix. That's like monthly. Right. Yeah. Why, why do you think there's no such thing as person publishing? Yeah. Right. Penguin, it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's Pearson, which is close. Close. But Pearsons still are not Pearsons are super cheap, and the beaks yeah. are not attachable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what uh, What do you guys have? Do you want to, like, is there any books out there? Sa- are there any Sask books that Sask Books wants people to know about? Well, all of them, which you can find on the website, um, skbooks.com. But one of the coolest books that is going around right now is Wanderlust, which is put out by Thistledown Press. It's edited by Berna Barkley, who is a Reginan, and it features a number of Regina writers. And it's it's all about journeys and travel. And in fact, the Wanderlusters are in Moose Jaw right now, reading and performing. Yeah. And one of the neat things that's happening with Wanderlust is when you go to a reading, you're not just getting a standard kind of static book reading. It's actually these writers are incredibly creative people, and they have come up with a performance that they will that they do in, that incorporates their readings. And it's brilliant. It's a neat idea, and the book is it's a great read. Yeah, and it's it's short fiction. It's a collection of short fiction. So if you have commitment issues, this is perfect. Right. Absolutely. Which I well, I have attention issues. We all do. Attention commitment issues. Attention and commitment yeah. attention issues. Right. 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 Um, Sorry, I lost track of that. That's okay. We'll See. move on. I wanted to change sub- change subjects anyways. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> um, uh, I actually managed to catch a reading of it. Wanderlust. Was that in the park? It was. It was in uh, yeah, Victoria Park last weekend, I guess. And there was a was there a Viking story yes. in there, like one that involved <laughs> That's my like arms getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. arms getting hacked off and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's actually an excerpt from her novel, right. which will be coincidentally about Vikings. So um, we're all very excited to see that yeah. book. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like you know one of those like. Mamby Pamby Viking novels, which we all hate, where it's oh, all so you know, tired of like those soft Viking. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. there's lots of there's like hacking and it's a killing proper and Viking story. Right. Nice. Indeed. Yeah. So yeah. That absolutely. Excellent. That's. Yeah. I think that's one of the first ones in the book, actually. Cool. Do you remember James Joyce's entire book about Vikings making cupcakes? Yeah. I mean, what was he thinking? Every, I mean, like it's all taught in university. But I, really, I yeah. believe actually it's it's Kupakaka. 
Kupakake. Not cupcakes. It's yeah, it Kupakake. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Which in the original Viking is is uh, bread made of stone. Oh. So it's oh, actually right. that particular story mm. is quite a bit more visceral once you know the the translation. Wow. Oh. Kupakake. Kupakake. You learn something every day. My in the, the, wrong. the brew bureau. Yeah. The one you were thinking of is Pirates of the Heart. Right. Oh. Yes. Excellent. Okay, Aiden, the rubric. How did she do? How did Jillian do? Oh, the rubric. Oh, yeah. Um, she did great. Well, let's give her a certificate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got, you got 9.73. Well, that's that's not good. No, no, my 9.73 is good. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's not. It's one notch below 8.3. So, I, but I can aspire to eight point three. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's always good to go somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Maybe not enough, but you will always at improve. least laterally. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So here is here is your certificate of improvement. Oh wow! I've never had one of these before. <laughs> Congratulations, so awesome. Julian. Thank you. And it's improvement. Yes. Yeah. That's the best thing ever. This is going on my office wall. I'm going to frame Excellent. it right next to my degree from Silly Putty University. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Perfect. not even kidding. <laughs> All right. And again, uh, where can people find you? Uh, Sask Books on the internet. SKBooks.com. Cool. Yep. And you're on Twitter is at Sask Books? At Sask Books. And Facebook. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Pinterest, which we don't like, but it's right. there. Cool. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I hate to say it, but I think it is time to call for an adjournment. It's okay. So I motion to adjourn? I uh, second that, emo- that emotion. Second that emotion. Okay, this meeting is adjourned. You have been listening to the weekly broadcast of the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Your hosts have been, as always, Aidan Morgan and Paul Deschenes. Thanks to David Fraser from the Leader Post and Jillian Bell from SAS Books for talking with us this evening. This episode of the Queen City Improvement Bureau has been brought to you by Ken Chevaldeoff. Every day is a day off when you're Ken Chevaldeoff. Music, as always, by Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. Check out his stuff at guidewire.bandcamp.com. You can find the Queen City Improvement Bureau at Twitter, Queen City IB, or on our website, queencityib.com. Also, cjtr.ca slash podcast if you want to hear us in convenient podcast form. Or subscribe to us on iTunes, whatever your podcatcher of choice may be. We're also rebroadcast on Monday mornings on CJTR at 9 a.m. Coming up next is the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by the cockpit. Keep on improving, Jack.